Are you a mom launching kids into adulthood? If so, you need to know about my Empty Nest Mom Retreat. It is the gathering for moms who have at least one child over the age of 18 or who have launched them all and have a full empty nest. September 27th through the 29th are the dates, and Cedar Lake Retreat Center in Cedar Lake, Indiana is the place. You can fly into Chicago airports and drive to Cedar Lake in a little over an hour. Come join me. Best Value Registration is available through May 27th, and space is limited to just 100 moms, so don't delay. Check out jillsavage.org slash retreat to register today. What is my first response and how often do I miss out on opportunities to show kindness because I'm just too wrapped up in me? You're listening to the No More Perfect Podcast, where we talk about strengthening the relationships that mean the most to you. I'm Jill Savage, and I live in normal Illinois. I'm committed to talking honestly about the messy, less than perfect, but normal stuff of life. I'm so glad you've joined me. Well, hello, friends, and welcome back to the No More Perfect Podcast. So most of us want to make a difference in this world. I mean, if we asked any one of us, do you want to make a difference? I think the answer is always going to be yes. But the truth is we get caught up in work demands and home responsibilities and cranky attitudes and challenging people and exhaustion and quite honestly, selfishness sometimes. And that keeps us from making a difference at times that we could, but we don't even recognize it. But what if living and loving well wasn't actually in the big things, but rather it was in the smallest acts of love? Like what if we could make some small tweaks that would make a big difference? That's what I want us to talk about today. And I've asked author and speaker Becky Kapitsky to join me. Becky's a wife and a mother. She's also the author of three books. Welcome to the No More Perfect podcast, Becky. Hi, Jill. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So Becky, um, you and I were talking before we hit record that we're kind of, we're kind of neighbors. We, we yes. live one state apart. So tell us just a little bit more about yourself and your family. Sure. Well, I live in the chilly state of Wisconsin, so I'm just across the state border from you. And Mm -hmm. I am busy raising two daughters who have just grown up too quickly. My husband, Chad, and I have been married for 20 years. Just this January, Mm, we celebrated 20 years. Thank you. That's really kind of a big deal for us. We were were just happy to look back at two decades and still really like each other. (laughs) That's a big accomplishment, right? And then our daughters are suddenly I blinked and soon turning 15 and turning 12. And it's Mm. just a, it's a good life. And I look back and I think I invested a lot of time and energy as a mom trying to explore how to be a good mom. What does God say about being a good mom? And so that really was where my writing ministry was born from. Yeah, that's because where you I started, started, right? Exactly. As a, a mm-hmm. mom blogger, like so many others, and out of that came the opportunity to write books. And and so I just feel tremendously blessed that I'm able to build a, a ministry and a career that is that is 
in tune with my family and because of my family. And yet I mess up every day. I just love the concept (laughs) of no more perfect because let me tell you what, I am, I am absolutely imperfect. And I believe it's so valuable for us to be real with one another so that we can Mm -hmm. encourage one another through just our, our daily responsibilities, whatever those may be. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. So you recently wrote a book which kind of moved you out of that mom genre. And it was a book called Love Because How to Change the World One Blessing at a Time. Yeah. So why did you decide to explore that topic? Hmm. Well, it it really hit me at the core. I was having a conversation with a dear friend of mine who actually had just been through a tragedy. She had lost her husband and her daughter in a, a local, a random act of violence, and it was terrible. Mm. And we were having a conversation about what was the last year of their marriage. And they didn't know it was going to be, of course, the last year of their marriage. But she told me it was, they were they were in, being very intentional with one another and he would be kind to her in action. He would do some small gesture to, to bless her, to, to show that he loved her mm-hmm. and she would reciprocate. And she said throughout that whole year, it was though they were trying to out bless each other is what they said. And, and that just struck me. And I thought, what would my relationships look like if I intentionally went out of my way to show love and action to my husband, to my children. And what if they reciprocated? And what if that became the tone we were setting in our household? And as I prayed over this and examined that topic, I thought, well, what would happen if our communities did the same, our churches, our schools? And how would that change the environment that we're in? Because it occurred to me in praying through this and doing some research and and writing down notes as they came to me, ideas for what became the book, it had occurred to me, it's not a natural state of being to think about other people first. And I, mm. even as though I thought, I thought that I was, uh, you know, a loving and giving wife and mother and friend and volunteer for my church and in our, our kids' school. But when I really thought about it, my first inclination is usually to consider, is this going to be convenient for me? Is this going to be enjoyable for me? And there are ways to overcome that, of course, but what is mm-hmm. my what is my first response and how often do I miss out on opportunities to show kindness because I'm just too wrapped up in me? And wow. it became an opportunity to explore that in full book form. And I just I I truly believe that this was a book that I was meant to write and had no idea it was going to be a topic that I would live with. So right. uh, and it, it changed me. It changed my perception of the people around me. And I'm just grateful for the opportunity to dig into this topic because it's so important, especially for a time such as this. Kindness, I think, is just lacking more and more in our communities in general. Yeah, I would totally agree. It it really is. And I think that we have become a very me-focused society. And mm-hmm. there is a balance in that. Right, Right. Becky, because sometimes we do need to take care of us. I mean, we can become such a pleaser that we are. (laughs) I love the dog in the background. Yes, I apologize. I have an office dog and I'm now going to frantically text my husband to say, come get the office dog. (laughs) We're real, right? I just told you. We are. That's why it's called the No More Perfect Podcast. I love it. So we're just going to keep going, girl. If you wanted to be a part of the podcast, it's all good. (laughs) 
<laughs> I love it. I love it. So yeah, so we we have to find a balance because we can also just always care about others so much that we lose ourselves. Yes. And we don't want to move into almost like a pleasing mode that is unhealthy. Right. Very true. What we do want to do is we want to nurture our servant heart. Our servant heart, which ironically, one of the ways we do that is by caring for ourselves and tending to ourselves so that we don't become burnt out being the martyr for other people, but so that we continually have the strength that we need, the energy that we need to better serve other people. And it's it's funny we're on this topic because I was just having a conversation with a dear friend about it this morning. And we were talking about the need to consider your own capacity for serving others yes. before you step out and promise something that you can't deliver. And yes. yet in there, that is that balance of, well, I, I shouldn't just assume my answer is a no because I don't feel like it. Let's first ask God, what does he want me to do with my day? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because sometimes he is calling us to deny ourselves. Sometimes. Yes. Right. Not always. No, not always. But sometimes he is asking us and he'll fill that gap. Like if we feel like we don't have it in us to do this thing, you know, he he will fill the gap if he's calling us to it. Right. 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 And not every call is ours to take. That's yes. the thing too. Is to determine what, what, what uh, in, of all the opportunities I have in a day, which are for me and which are not. And that's dependent on a lot of things. It's dependent on your own schedule, your own abilities, your, your own strengths, uh, you know, your own tendencies. But I think for each one of us, more often than not, there is one or two opportunities during a day small opportunities that we're probably Mm -hmm. missing out on just because our eyes aren't open to them. It can be simple. It can be as simple as smiling at the, at the checkout person at the grocery store who's having a rough day instead of being cranky toward her because there was a long line and what think of all the ways that we don't show kindness to people when we could just as easily and it wouldn't take any more time or energy out of our day. Yeah. How do we start paying attention to those? How do we start seeing them, Becky, Mm. in ways that We are not currently seeing them. For me, it's a process of just opening my eyes to opportunities around me. But in order to do that, I first have to unearth myself from those things that are bogging me down with selfishness. And in my case, that's things like being distracted, being um, too busy, running late. I mean, there are all sorts of reasons why I'm thinking about myself and my own agenda. Mm -hmm. But when I recognize those triggers, I can come up for air. And open my eyes and recognize that there are opportunities everywhere. And it is sometimes just as simple as being kind and smiling at someone instead of giving them a poor attitude. Uh, It it can be something as simple as not honking at that car that just Mm. cut you off. (laughs) Because think of when, I like to think of it this way, what we are full of is what will come out of us. So if we're a sponge and what we are full of is love and kindness, which we get from the Lord first. Mm-hmm. If what we are full of, what as a sponge and we're squeezed, what's going to come out is what we're full of. And if what mm-hmm. we're full of is thinking about myself and my agenda and uh, my place in this world today, then what will come out when I'm squeezed in a moment like someone cutting me off in traffic is going mm-hmm. to be unkindness because that's what I'm dwelling in. That's what I've filled myself with. Right. But if we have some 
disciplines in our life where we're opening ourselves to opportunities. And for me, it has to do with, am I spending time praying? Am I spending time thinking about things that are not me and my agenda? Mm -hmm. And in so doing, I'm more open to the idea of other people and their needs versus me and my needs. So we're going to, what's going to come out is what we're full of. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things, I mean, you're really challenging because I have this tendency to run late. So you're really challenging. So do I. It's my worst, (laughs) my worst trigger, actually, Jill. You and me. No, I always think I can squeeze one more thing in or, oh, it's terrible. Me too. And I have never thought about the fact that I'm not leaving the margin for kindness. Yes. I have never thought about it from that perspective. So you've really challenged my thinking here mm. because it, because we need, we often do need margin for kindness because we do. when that person cuts us off, what's often happening is that really bugs us when we're late, right? Yes. Or yes. when we're worked up about something. And so then we're all worked up on the inside. So we're all kind of tangled up on the inside. And then what you're saying about the whole sponge thing is like, then that happens. And then all that tangling on the inside comes out. And if we could allow more margin, we would not get so tangled up. Yes. You wouldn't have so much of that to pour out as you might a little bit of peace in your own soul. (laughs) Right. If, if that is what we are allowing in by giving ourselves that margin. That's a, that's a huge one for me too, is when I'm running behind or feeling like my to-do list is too heavy or then it becomes all about me and how much I can fit into a day. And if a person approaches me, I will look at that person as an interruption rather than an opportunity. Yes. Yes. And that can be our family. That can be a complete stranger, but you're exactly right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it plays out. It does play out in both of those scenarios, family or stranger. I'm notorious for this with my kids. I work from home and I try to build parameters around my hours so that when the kids are home, I'm available to them. But every once in a while, I'll have a project that keeps me running later hours. And and then the kids will come into my office just to talk to me or to tell me about their day. And I can so easily become short with them because I was focused on my work and they're interrupting my work instead of remembering, why do I work? (laughs) It's in order to provide for and bless the family. And I am blessed to be able to work from home. And so when my children come and talk to me, I should look at that as an opportunity to show kindness for them to them rather than impatience. So that's, that's a big one for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the things you say in your book is a blessing is generous love in motion. I love that as a definition. It's generous love in motion and love is what distinguishes Christ's people from the rest of the world. So our ability to do these even tiny little acts of kindness and generosity, whether they're in our home, outside of our home, is really a walking out of our faith. It is. It is. Again, what is in us is will, will come out of us. And I like to think of, if you're familiar with from Galatians, the fruit of the spirit. And one of the fruit, one of the collection of the fruit of the spirit is kindness and patience. Yes. And so we have access to it in a way that people who aren't walking out their faith don't. You can say, well, I'm just not wired that way. I'm not a patient person. I just, I'm naturally grumpy. Well, 
perhaps, but you have access to kindness because the Lord has given it to you if you are a person who loves Jesus. Yes. And how we show that to other people, I think, can show the world that there's a different way to go about treating one another. You know, we really see this um, in the marriage coaching that we do. Oftentimes, people don't need to make big changes. They need to make lots and lots of little changes. Yes. And I was thinking about that when I read that uh, one of the things you also say is deep relationships aren't built on emotional highs. They're Mm -hmm. made strong through a bunch of little gestures that are so easily overlooked and underspent. Yes. Talk about that just a little bit more. I don't need a Hawaiian vacation from my husband. I need him to look me in the eye when he's talking to me. I need Mm -hmm. him to reach for my hand every so often. I need him to lock the doors at night so I feel as though he is protecting our household. Those are the little things that show me that he loves me. I don't yes. need a pair of diamond earrings. You know, I I appreciate when he fixes the sink. And what he needs from me is an occasional acknowledgement that he worked really hard for us today. And thank you for doing that. And I appreciate that you mowed the lawn. And all the, it's the little gestures that we often don't provide to our the people who are closest to us either because we assume they already know or because we are so steeped in just our annoyances with them that day that we don't deliver those small acts of kindness, those small words of affirmation. There's an example that I wrote about in the book because it was so powerful to me. The day that I washed my husband's coffee mug, he had a a travel mug that was hand wash only. And I looked at it sitting at the sink after I got our children off to school. And I thought, well, I could wash that thing, but really it's his, you know, I don't need to touch it. That's his coffee mug. But what would it say to him if I took 30 seconds out of my day, wash that mug, set it to dry so that when he needed it next, it was already clean. It's a very simple gesture. But in my mind, it says I was thinking about you when I had a full agenda of other things to do. And I thought about you and I love you enough that I want you to have a clean coffee mug. That's not a big gesture. But what does that say to the people we're around? And they may not respond. They may not even recognize some of the small gestures that we are providing for them. But in the end, we're not actually doing it for the other person. We're doing it for God because God is the one who gave us these people in our lives to love. And so you can't go wrong by showing love in action. Even if they don't reciprocate, you can't go wrong. You know, I had a similar thing happen recently. And that's so I love your coffee mug story because, uh, you know, in, in our No More Perfect Marriages book, we talk about the eight God tools. And recently we added a ninth one that's not mm-hmm. in the book. And the ninth one we added is generosity. Yes. And so because it's something we've been paying attention to and God tools are how we operate in the day to day um, actions of marriage. So there's like courage and forgiveness and grace and humility. And then there's generosity. And, um, so anyway, I, I came downstairs and Mark had taken the trash out. And so we have this trash bin in our, in our kitchen that has two trash cans in it and both were empty. You know, he'd taken the whole bag out and everything. And I kind of took note of it and I was like, Oh, 
he took the trash out. And then I was like, and he'll put the bags in. And I kind (laughs) of walked right by it. And then I caught myself and I went, and Jill, you could put the bags in right now. I mean, I had plenty of other things to do. And so I, I, my old mindset before I was paying attention to generosity, my old mindset was "Eh, he'll, he'll finish the job he started. Yeah. My new (laughs) mindset was, yeah, I could serve him. And so I just go over, grab a couple of trash can liners, pop them in there. And he walks back in like two minutes later and he's like, Oh, Oh, you, you went ahead and put the liners in. And I was like, yeah, I did. And he was like, well, thank you. Yeah. But it's, it's, it seems so small and that's how we miss it because we say to ourselves, Oh, he'll wash that or he'll fill those liners or whoever else it is. And we miss that opportunity to go, I could do that. That's so beautiful. We tell ourselves it's no big deal, but we miss the fact that it carries a lot of weight because it isn't a, a big yes. deal for us to do it. <laughs> but if we do, I I truly believe that that is how stronger relationships are built because you're constantly looking for opportunities to show the other person, not just in words, but in actions that we're a team here. Yes. And, and what matters to you matters to me. Mm-hmm. And if there's something that I can do to make your life more convenient today, then I'm going to do that because it's not all about me. It's about you too. We're in this together. Mm-hmm. For well, sure. And you can even say that outside of your intimate relationships, you for know, sure. when you're interacting with the store clerk, we're in this together in life. Like, yes, you know, I can, I can treat you well and it, and it will affect your life in some way. Yes. And to be friendly these days isn't as common as it perhaps Mm -mm. once was. Just to have a friendly demeanor for someone is, it's almost shocking to some people. I'm amazed. For example, going to a grocery store and being genuinely kind to an employee in the store, some of them are taken aback by that. I'm Mm -hmm. not, you know, not trying to be weird or anything, but just talk talking to them by name. They all have name tags. Right. So just saying something like, well, thank you so much, John. I appreciate your help today. Have a great day. Mm-hmm. And, and they kind of look at you like, uh, oh, of course I have a name tag. That's how she knows my name. But you're acknowledging this person is someone of value in God's eyes. Yeah. And again, what you just shared there is a tiny little tweak because yes. all you did is you, is you called them by name. You paid yes. attention to the name tag. Yes. Yeah. Those little things add up. They do. Mm. They really do. So one of the things that you also say is that you say that we can, we can bless people with our presence, our possessions, our perspective and our prayers. Yes. So could we just talk about, um, about some specific, like maybe just one or two specific practical things in each of those categories. So what do you mean by blessing people with our presence? Uh, well, it could mean being physically available for someone. If you know, if your mm-hmm. your your neighbor, this is kind of a silly example, but your neighbor ran out of vanilla extract, runs mm-hmm. over and asks for some. Okay, you've you've got some. You're you know, and and you're available in that moment to help. That's being available with your presence to be present for the people who are in your life. But you don't even have to be physically present for that to happen. Uh, one of my most favorite examples in talking with other friends about how they bless one another with their presence. Uh, I have a dear friend who sent her younger sister takeout food in college while she was taking her finals. 
So she wasn't mm. present, but she was she was showing her an act of kindness in love. It, she was sharing her presence in that moment with a note that said, I thought you might be hungry. And, you know, here's Chinese takeout for your finals. So wow. just to stop and bless people with the, uh, your availability, whether that is in person or not. Yeah. And really what you just talked about, too, is even just awareness, like even yes. the fact that her sister was aware that she was in her finals. I mean, sometimes yes. I think we're so focused on us that we forget what's happening in other people's worlds. Exactly. And it, and this is why there are so many opportunities when we open our eyes to be aware. There are yeah. opportunities everywhere to act kind to people and to show them love and action. And then the next one, uh, possessions. Mm-hmm. Again, another of my favorite examples. You can write a check. Absolutely. You can write a check that will bless many, many organizations. Mm-hmm. But are you willing to buy a scone and hand it over to a homeless person? This is what mm. a friend of mine actually did. And she, she, there was a homeless man at the library and she bought him a cup of coffee from the fancy coffee shop and a scone and handed it to him and sat and talked with him and found out that what he was playing headphones, he was listening to worship music, a homeless mm. man. And she said it just cut her to the core. But here she thought she was she was helping him and he was a he was a person who shared her faith and they had right. a great conversation. So our possessions, there are ways that we can share our possessions. We don't have to have a ton in order to give people something. You know, yeah. it's like I mentioned earlier, I you want a teaspoon of my vanilla extract? Yes, I will give you that, right? <laughs> it doesn't yep. have to be a lot. Mm-hmm. And then also blessing people with our perspective. Yeah, what does that mean? Are we looking at other people as being made in the image of God? Are we looking at other people as being someone that God created, that God loves, and that God says is worth your attention? Wow. It's as simple as that. So it's really changing. That's an internal thing that's going to affect how we interact with other people. Exactly. Exactly. If I'm looking at someone as, you know, that that strange person with the tattoos who shows up at church. Am I looking at that person uh, with the right identity? No, Mm. that person has as much, as much value as I have in God's eyes. And instead of judging people for being different or judging people for having different opinions, can we instead see people as equal ground because we all, we all the same creator and he Mm. loves us equally so are you looking at somebody's having inherent value just because they were a person made by God? Mm-hmm. And then finally, prayer is not the, it's not a last, but um, not least kind of a thing. It's yeah, prayer, prayer is something that we ought to be investing in other people anyway. But the reason that I describe prayer as being a way that we can show love and action last is because often people assume in order to show love to people, I need to be available. I need to be present. I need to have possessions. Mm-hmm. But what if what if all else is lost and you have nothing else? You can always pray. You can always mm-hmm. pray for someone. Yeah. And that is quite possibly this, the greatest gift you can give because it's calling on the power of God, not just your own strength, your own presence, your own possessions. It's calling, directly invoking the strength of God to help someone in their life. And so prayer is something you can always do. I have a friend of mine was bedridden for a while with an illness, and she was the kind of person who was very pro- productive, always wanted to do something to serve people. 
But here she was unable to do anything. And her mom reminded her, you can still pray. Yep. And she became such a warrior for praying for other people because she was brought to her knees and unable to do anything else. And that's what it took for her to learn that that's actually the greatest gifts that she could give others Uh, to show that she cares about them. Absolutely. Yeah. So important. And I know through some of the dark seasons of my life, some of the most powerful things that I got was not somebody who said, how are you doing? It was somebody who texted a prayer to me. Yes. Didn't even require response. And maybe it was just, Lord, Jill needs to feel your presence today. And I'm asking, I don't have to ask that you're with her. You are, but I ask that she feel your presence today. Amen. And I would get that as a text, you know, it's beautiful. It is. It's, and, and sometimes, I mean, to pray, we don't always even have to reach out to that person, but that was a double blessing for me. Right. To let them know. And, and how Mm -hmm. much more does it take to let somebody know you're praying for them? Not because Mm -hmm. you want brownie points or anything, but but that that was a, a double gift to you. First of all, this person was praying for you and told you about it. You know, yes, it's it's so powerful. I have a similar, very small example. Several years ago, I had LASIK surgery so that I didn't have to wear my horrible contacts anymore. And I don't even remember having told a good friend of mine that I was getting the surgery done. Mm-hmm. But that morning, she sent a text that said, hey, I'm praying for your eyeballs today. And I thought... <laughs> Because by that point, you know, it had occurred to me what I was about to do, you know, right. about to slice of lasers into my only eyeballs, you know, and so I wasn't a little panicked. And just a quick text that's saying, hey, praying for you. And, and oh, the fact I that she that. remembered that that was the okay. day of my so surgery. So that was awareness. Right? There was, was awareness. The awareness. Yeah. Yes. And then, and then she didn't just pray, but she reached out to let me know with her presence that she was praying for me. It was, it was, I still remember it. It's been years. And that's one of the sweetest blessings I've ever received from a friend. And it's, and it wasn't much. It was a couple of lines to the Lord to say, take care of Becky and protect her in this surgery. And then to let me know she was doing it and, you know, little emoji, smiley face. And that to me was tremendous. Oh, I love that. Oh, this has been such an inspiring conversation, Becky. Oh, Thank you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you, Jill. So I really much. enjoy talking with you so much. You have so much wisdom to share. Oh, I appreciate that very much. So Becky's book is uh, Love Because, How to Change the World One Blessing at a Time. And we'll include a link to that in our show notes. Becky, how can people find you? You can find me online at beckykopitsky.com. And I don't know, Jill, maybe you'll have some show notes that tells people yep. how to spell that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I will make sure that we put a link to your website in there oh, as well. That would be great. But you, you can find more of me there in my blog posts. But I will tell you, it's kind of funny. When my husband years ago first told me his last name, I said, I'm never going to marry this guy. <laughs> and here I am. And now there you all you have go. to learn how to spell his last name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Well, would you be willing to close in prayer for our listeners and just um, pray? I think, you know, the awareness, pray for that eyes opened and yes. for us to start paying attention. That would be great. I'd be honored to do that. <sighs> Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much that you allow us to come directly to you with our requests. I just pray for every single person who is listening right now, Lord, would you please open our eyes, Mm -hmm. help us to recognize where there is a need. And Lord, it's probably not even a big need, but will you help us to step outside of ourselves Mm 
to see where we can show love and kindness to another person today, yes. even in small gestures. And Father, if you would be so, if I could be so bold as to ask that you would even bring us reciprocal <laughs> kindness mm-hmm. from others, Father, what an amazing, what an amazing um, rebellion of love we could begin here in the world, Father. Yes. And and you know, your word tells us that this is how people will know that you're my disciples. It's how you love one another. I pray that you would give us opportunities today and open mm-hmm. our eyes to those opportunities so that we can show your love to the people around us. Lord, help us to be filled to yes. the brim, that sponge yes. that is just soaked with your love so that mm-hmm. it's all that comes pouring out when we're squeezed. Thank you so much, God, that you give us the opportunity to be in relationship with other people. We are Mm -hmm. meant to be in relationship with people, and I pray that you would help us to do that in a way that honors you and that brings us joy as well. Mm -hmm. That's the that's the the beautiful thing, Lord, is when we when we obey you, you bless us. And I pray that that we that each person listening today would find joy in being kind and loving people in action today. It's in your precious Son Jesus' name we pray. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining me today on the No More Perfect Podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe and follow so you don't miss any future conversations. You can find the show notes and links to anything we talked about over on jillsavage.org slash podcast. I hang out on Facebook and Instagram and would love to connect with you there. You can find me under the name jillsavage.author. One more thing, we have three free ebooks that we'd love to give you. You can find them at jillsavage.org free. See you next week where we'll have another conversation about the real stuff of life and relationships.